Okay, everybody, welcome back. It's another episode of Talking Balls. I got the boys with me, Derek top left, Tony bottom right, Kobe bottom left. And we got a good episode, a lot of football to talk about. Um, that's going to be the focus of the episode here today. Um, but before we get started, how are my guests doing? We are back from Thanksgiving. So how was that? I honestly haven't been here in a few weeks, so it feels really, really good to be back with the boys. Even though Cobell's here, <laughs> you know, it is what it already, is. We can, get, already. we can get past it. I'm getting right to it. This guy's here, and I don't like the vibe he's given. <laughs> uh, we're good. I'm No, nah, I'm doing good. It's good to be back with the boys. I love Cobell. At the end of the day, we always get along real nice. We give each other hugs and kisses. Um, but Thanksgiving was good. Swept the board. I'm going to save that for later, but we're here. Deej, what's good, baby? Good T Gibb. Just me and Emma kicking it. Uh, ready to talk ball with the boys in the sack. Uh, I think we got a lot of good stuff to catch up on. Emma, if you're listening to this, uh, share it with your buddies and pals, okay? Trying to blow up, <laughs> trying to go to the moon. We're not there yet. So if you could do us a favor, thank you. Kobe, how you doing? How's the fam? How was Thanksgiving, baby? Oh, it was great, man. We were over in North Carolina having a great time. Uh, yeah, beautiful holiday. Probably freezing your balls off, too. A little chilly over there. Not going to lie to you. A little chilly, but a uh, nice fire and a couple of beers and we were all set. Hey, hey. Mm. okay. Sounds good. Uh, well, I had a good Thanksgiving too. Saw the fam went up to mom's, you know, food, wine, football, all the works. Let's go over the picks. Uh, I'm going to be short and sweet because not to brag, swept the board on Thanksgiving. Saw it so clearly. I don't know what happened. Lions plus Thank 10. You. That was great. Giants plus nine. Sketchy the entire way, covered with like mm -hmm. eight seconds left in the game. Yeah. That was fire. We love that. That was after the boys were dogging my pick and the Giants as a whole. And when they covered up, out lost my shit. I was on That's not true. Yeah, I was I was all in. I said, I'm a Giants fan tomorrow. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm saying, but during the game, as as it was oh. as it was playing oh, out and it looked like they weren't going to cover. Yeah. Uh, and Vikes money line. Yeah. Big bounce back spot after getting their ass throttled by Dallas mm -hmm. at home. Uh, to bounce back, that was nice to see. So three winners for you. Started us off well on the week going into Sunday. Uh, Kobe, go ahead and go next because you're short and sweet too. See you later. Yeah, short and shitty should have been your terminology. <laughs> uh, um, had the over in the Bills game, missed by one point, had 50, over 54, hit 53. And had the Giants in a teaser, which I liked. I liked uh, your analysis on that one. Um, got them up to plus 16, which obviously hit. And then for some odd reason, the Vikings-Patriots game was so high scoring. I had the under, which blew the teaser. So 0-2 on Thanksgiving. Not ideal. Yeah, not the best. Uh, that means you're bounced back on Sunday. We'll get to that. And then hopefully in week 13. Uh, Tony, go ahead quickly. Give us what you got there on Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah, I had the Lions plus 10. That was, it seemed like free money. I mean, it's good that they showed up and at least covered. They made it a game. It was that was actually a, a good game for a while. So, yeah, um, that started off the day nice. Uh, rolling into the Giants game, I had actually was like flip flopping between money line and the plus nine and a half on the Giants. And you know, in an ideal world, my brain would have told me, "Hey, Giants first half money line and take nine and a half." So um, I went with the money line. They didn't. I mean, they obviously didn't win, but um, I really liked the nine and a half. So I gave myself a push on that one, as Karch <laughs> noted. <laughs> um, and we have the text to prove it, too. Um, and then the nightcap, I loved, loved, loved the Vikings. If it wasn't on Thursday, it would have been my best bet. Derek probably has a similar story that he's going to complain about. Um, but that was his own fault. Um, the Vikings were my play of the day. Uh, and and they and they hit. So uh, it was exciting to kind of see Kirk Cousins, you know, play good at night. I don't know. He threw three TDs for the first time all season. So, you know, he seemed to figure out whatever it was that day to play at night. Yep. <clears throat> all right, Derek, finish up with Thanksgiving, please. <laughs> all right, Thanksgiving. So Thanksgiving <laughs> picks. We had Lions plus nine and the undie. Easy on both. Under was 54 and a half. A uh, couple missed field goals and extra points helped me out. Uh, then we had Giants plus 10 in the undie. The over hitting that, uh, I think the under was 42, if I remember right. Something like that. Yeah. But that Giants with right. that amazing cover. I had already switched the game to Ole Miss. Karch was texting me covered. 
I talked a lot <laughs> of shit because I thought we weren't covering. And then I had Pats plus two and a half. Ooh, <clears throat> Pats plus two and a half uh, in the under, and both of those missed. I don't know. Vikings just seemed too easy, so I had to go with Pats. So that's where I was at. All right, nice pick, bro. Let's uh, let's skate right into Week Twelve. As to waste no time, I'll give you my card. Negative week for me. Uh, the damn freaking Chargers, dude. Okay. Uh, I had was two and two going into that game. And can I just say something like everyone wants to say the Chargers are such a good team and oh, they go for it. All of this. I'm here to say I have realized that they are not a good team. And why are they always in these situations where they have to go for two and win a ball game? Like Brandon Staley, bro, I'm done taking your squad. The way you run your program, it gives me agita. Okay. So Chargers minus two is the one that sent me to a negative week. Bengals money line at the top of the card was a winner against the Titans. I hate Ryan Tannehill. That was easy. Falcons <laughs> plus four. That one missed. Uh, the poor birds let shame. me down for one of the first mm-hmm. times all year. Uh, yep. Jags plus four. I had the money line initially and I switched it to but plus four just to be safe, but I really liked them to win the game and they That's sure real. did. Um, and then Broncos over 36. For some reason, I just thought, you know, the Broncos would score. I didn't think they would win. I thought they would score more than they did. I was like 36. Yeah, the, the, Panthers, the Panthers will put up points. Hopefully the Broncos can too. Sure enough, they can't. Uh, worst program in the league. So two and three, not too bad. It is what it is. Uh, Derek, go ahead. First and foremost, can you define that word that you said? What did I say? Adjula. Oh, Ajita? Yep. That's like, uh, Ajita is like a state of, um, how do I describe anxious and like, um, anxiety, almost, yeah, anxiety, like but fancy like, word. Yeah. I'll, so I'll I Google knew, it for you. Go ahead with your plays. Well, I'll get back I knew to that. you. I just knew that Cobell and Tone did it. So I needed you to explain that. Uh, gotcha. under 42 easy lock. Uh, I think we've already talked about it when the spread is a two pointer. Let's take the MD usually going to cash. 36 on that total. Uh, Tits money line, that was an accident. Didn't mean to do that. Fins under 47, uh, that was a lock. Total was 45 there, so you love to see it. Uh, Chargies minus three. I mean, I'm kind of with cards. They do stink, and for some reason, I just think that they're going to be good, and I thought that was a pretty easy line for them, just being minus three to cover. Uh, and then the lock of the week, I am 4-0 now since we started doing that. Niners minus nine with a little 13-0 dub. Atta I got boy. a quick question. You also probably bet on the Chargers. Don't you hate Kyler Murray? Just to bring it up one more time. I think no, every I'm time not. I'm on here, we've Anytime talked about it. The yeah. Cardinals are playing, we're going to fade him. Tone, give us your picks, please. Um, yeah, so I gave out first play uh, Dolphins minus 14, which was looking fucking great. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden it got super sketchy, but it hit nonetheless, so we'll take it. Um, Falcons plus four. I was on that as well. The Falcons have been, they've been to great, everybody yeah. as dogs. So, I mean, I was, hot. I don't think Washington should be a four point favorite against many teams in the league. So I like mm-hmm. that, but I think they lost by what? Six, something like that. Seven, I believe, but yeah, Seven. it was, yeah. yeah, it was a cover. It was a cover for the commanders. Whatever. Um, yeah. I took the Seahawks minus four. Josh Jacobs told me to go fuck myself. <laughs> um, which was kind of disappointing because they were off a bye at home, the 12th man, blah, 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 yeah. blah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, suck me. Um, <laughs> and then next play, I had my bitch ass teaser with love the cash. That. We always love to cash that. We had Niners minus two, piggybacking off Derek's best bet. And then it came out to Eagles money line with the teaser, who won on Monday night. Um, and then I also, I mean, Jeff Wilson scored a touchdown, but then I saw on Twitter he was like minus 200. So I, you know how yeah. fucking great it's is okay. that? Not very great. <laughs> um, and then Lamar and Akers didn't score. So, um, and, and we'll get to Cam Akers later. I got a little problem with him. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, however you wanted to bet this card, it could have came out even, just depending yeah. on how you bet it. So. <laughs> Yeah, so that win moves your bitch ass teaser, I believe, to three and three. We're back at five hundred. Uh, gotta three. get 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 it on the positive go, side here. So we need a win. I need to go back and check that record, but I'll, I'll let. You, uh, <laughs> yeah, we need to Kobe. be better. Kobe, give us your plays. Uh, the hometown tits, man. That was a winnable game. I thought they should have won. Like Derek said, that was a mistake. It meant to meant to say Bengals, but it didn't. Um, that lost. Uh, I took both of the 10 point or I think two of the three 10 point spreads with the unders. I had the Dolphins minus or under, excuse me, under 47 
and the Chiefs under 42, both of those hit. I also had the Chiefs minus 14, which also did hit. Um, the Seahawks, like Tony, uh, that overtime and that Josh Jacobs touchdown running was crazy, but didn't help me out. Had those minus three, which lost. And then oh, uh, I read the stat last night about Mike Tomlin on Monday Night Football, and I immediately regretted my Colts money line pick, which also lost. So I ended up three and three on the week for Sunday, or Sunday and Monday. But yeah, tough, uh, tough, a couple tough breaks we'll, we'll throw in there. Yeah, the board, uh, it wasn't too inviting this week. So for me to go two and three, you to go three and three and and Derek to have a good week and Tony to have a decent week as well. I think we escaped without major damage. Okay, I, I think we did all right. I also so, uh, just realized I said the uh, the Eagles played on Monday night, they played on Sunday night. I'm a fucking it's okay, don't it's worry. all good. Yeah. Okay, next segment for you guys. Going to do something a little bit different. Um, we have a overreaction or not. So I got three statements here we're going to talk about, and the boys are going to tell me if they think it is an overreaction or not. So number one, uh, this is the Denver Broncos, okay, playing against the Carolina Panthers. Obviously a game based on on talent alone. They should have blown the Panthers out. They obviously lost. Um, Broncos are one of the worst teams in the league on offense. I think they have the least points per game, um, least yards per game on offense, one of the least yards per game on offense. Um, and on the other side of the ball, their defense is actually pretty good. They're top three, I believe in passing yards per game and total yards per game. So the defense is holding opposing offenses down. And I think we all saw that crazy stat as well, where if the Broncos, had scored just 18 points in all of their games this year, mm -hmm. they would be like nine and one, which is Crazy. absurd. 18 yeah. points. Are you kidding me? That's nothing. Not so my question to you guys, or my statement to you guys is uh, the Broncos need to move on from Russell Wilson. Uh, Tone, why don't you start us off? What do you have on that? Is that an overreaction or not? I think it's a little bit of an overreaction. I mean, he has been terrible up to this point. I'm not going to defend him, but he has been a very, very, very successful quarterback in this league for a long time. So, you know, we're, I don't know, what, 11 games into this experiment. It's fucking not panning out right now. But, I mean, I'm not going to just overreact to it through 11 games. But, I mean, no excuses for that guy. He's been absolutely terrible. Um, nonetheless, that's what I've got. Derek, what do you have? Yeah. Passes the passes, dude, his buns, eat his contract, get him out of there, get someone else. He has seven throwing tuds and he has 11 bathrooms. Okay. To your point about eat his contract, uh, for me, the way I answer this question before I give it to Kobe and see what he has to say, um, to answer the question, I think that is an overreaction for one reason. They, I think, are just handcuffed with Russell Wilson the amount of draft capital that they gave up to get this guy and like you said Derek the amount of money that they're paying him I don't know that they may be able to afford to eat the money side of it but given the fact that they have no first round draft picks coming up to get this guy I don't know if they're able to just ship him out and try and rebuild without all this draft capital so um, I agree with what you're saying and if they can somehow financially and and get some more picks back for him but the other thing is a team that trades for him is going to have to pay him that money, which obviously he is not worth. So you're going to have to get, put some team on drugs to get him to take that contract. And the other thing is the for first sure. and second rounds that they gave Seattle to get him, no teams are going to give that up to get him either. So they're really at a loss. Um, I don't think he's the number one issue for me. It's the coach. I think that guy's a robot. He's got to go. I think Nathaniel Hackett yeah. is trash. <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, that guy is just garbage. And 11 games is all I need to see from him. See you later. Yeah, Cobell, I, is it an overreaction or not? Um, to a certain point, yeah, because obviously he is dog shit this year. I mean, he's 30th overall for QBR for a guy that they went out and paid that much money for and traded that many assets for. You're obviously expecting, I don't know, even, even top 10, top 15 would be somewhat acceptable. But yeah. for their record and their, I think, averaging like 14.3 points a game, I saw or something like that when you said 9-1 with 18 points scored. So just one more touchdown each game. I mean, they could be in a totally different place in this conversation wouldn't even be happening. But like we said, with That's the true. finance and how much they gave up and how much they're paying him, number one, who's going to eat that contract? And number two, who has the assets to potentially even trade for him? And how much has he been devalued over this season since we've seen him play for the Broncos? So it's clearly not living up to the price of the trade or the contract. 
Yeah, that value Dude. for Russ has tanked significantly. Um, and and you're not no team is hungry to get a guy who's playing like that and clearly a guy who has lost a locker room. When you bring in a quarterback, you expect the locker room to rally around him. They've done the exact opposite. You saw the defensive tackle, Purcell, Barkett, Wilson. Um, and another another thing on Hackett, Hackett is standing there like a bump on a log watching his player Bro. bark at his his quarterback, <laughs> bark at his leader. With, yeah, like he didn't even hear anything. So <laughs> Crazy. Uh, a little bit of Chuck and Cheese syndrome ass. going on. It's a little bit of anarchy yeah. in Denver. Uh, I'm out on that program totally. So next talking point, let's see what we got here. Um, we mentioned it last week. Uh, Cobell and I talked about it in depth about the Jets drama. Uh, with Zach Wilson and how he didn't take responsibility for playing like dog. So the Jets, not only did they bench him, but they inactivated him. He wasn't even dressed to play on Sunday. That might have been a bit extreme. Whatever. We're not here to discuss that. My question to you, Cobell, I'll ask you first, um, is the Jets should start Mike White for the remainder of the season. Is that an overreaction or not? I think they should give him the keys to the franchise, um, make him the highest paid quarterback in the league. Number one, he's from Broward. Number two, he is a Florida Panthers fan uh, through and through. Love the guy. Um, I think he brings something different to the team. I mean, obviously you see the the passing yards compared to what Wilson's put up over the last couple of weeks. I mean, it was a completely different offense and they looked like they were having fun. And under Zach Wilson, it was always a stressful play, even though it was a four yard game. Like it was scrambling in the back the, Running backs haven't been all that great. Um, but yeah, I, I think Mike, Mike White needs to be the starter going on or going forward. I agree. The offense did look like a little, little different, had a little bit more pep in their step, a little bit more electricity to it. Um, Derek, is, uh, is that an overreaction to say that Mike White should be the starter the rest of the season? Not at all. I'm definitely on, put, ooh, on, pay, <clears throat> on the same page. I don't know why I can't speak. It's been a long day. On the same page with Cobell. Uh, I think Mike White has definitely proven himself to be a starter in this league. Uh, definitely way better with the Jets than uh, good old Zach Wilson. And just losing the locker room like that to sit there and say he didn't let the defense down like that. Loser. Insane to yeah. Me. Like you cannot have let that be your guy moving forward. Uh, Mike White's a very good quarterback. They need to keep him there. He's definitely earned a spot. Tone, what do you Am think I gonna about be- that? Am I going to be the only person to say uh, it's a bit of an overreaction? Oh, good. Yeah, God. please tell me why. Yeah, because Zach Wilson fucks other moms. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> he does it's easy. End of the discussion. End of discussion. Uh, next question. <laughs> okay, next question. Um, okay, so in the AFC, you got a few teams at the top. You got the Dolphins, you got the Bengals, you got the Chiefs, obviously, you have the Ravens. Um, so there's a lot of discussion who's who's the top dog coming after the Chiefs, right? The Ravens do not look like a a really true contender in the post or in the playoffs rather because Those the flaws teams. that they have are they do not set themselves up well for success in the playoffs. So here's my statement and uh Derek you tell me if this is an overreaction or not to start us off. The Bengals are the biggest threat to the Chiefs in the AFC playoffs. There is no threat to the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC playoffs. We knew that was coming. <laughs> Is it an overreaction? Well, or answer not? your actual question. Maybe uh, <laughs> we might go Dolphins. I might put okay. the Dolphins up over the uh, Bengals. Uh, I don't know. I just don't really see it that much this year with the Bengals. Uh, I don't know. Dolphins got something going on, so I might just say the Dolphins out of the AFC. I, I to piggyback off that, I'll hand it off to Tony next. But I to answer this question for myself, I think it is an overreaction. For that reason, I think that's the one team that they got to look out for is Miami Dolphins. For whatever reason, uh, even though it's going to be cold if it goes to KC or through Buffalo, whatever it is, I don't think Miami's going to end up hosting a game. But I think we're going to see points. I think the AFC playoffs is going to be an offensive playoffs. Um, and that's the Dolphins and that's the Chiefs right now. Um, the Ravens, they just lose in the fourth quarter. I saw something. They've yeah. lost four different games within, when they've had double-digit leads. One time, they were up 20-3 to three with like nine seconds to the Bills. They wound up losing that game. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Bengals, although they do look like they're hitting stride and they beat a solid program in Tennessee, not sold on them offensively. Um, and I just think the Dolphins are here to stay. And they're they're one of the most consistent programs in the AFC and the entire league when two is playing. So they're a force to be reckoned with. Um, I like the Dolphins as the biggest threat to the Chiefs. Tony, what do you got for um, us? 
Well, I think it's a bit of an overreaction just because people forget about, you know, we mentioned them a little bit earlier, but Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, um, mm-hmm. they've had a couple stinging, you know, playoff defeats over the last few years. And, um, you know, when I think that like when that time comes, when it's playoff time, like they're going to be there and they're going to be a tough out for anybody. Um, so I think it, the Bengals are just a bit of overreaction. Um, and, you know, Buffalo has like a little bit more playoff experience. So if the Dolphins and the Bills do play in the playoffs at some point, I think the game might come down to like that type of little stuff. So, um, okay. you know, I'm sold on Buffalo being probably the biggest threat just because of of Josh Allen alone, most likely. All right. That's fair. Um, obviously, Bills are loaded. They're scuffling a little bit over the past month mm-hmm. or so, but we expect them to be there yeah, that's fine. Uh, come January. Cobell, who do you think? Tony, did we just become best friends again? <laughs> I agree God. 100%. I think uh, the Buffalo Bills are the the second 1B team in the AFC. Um, I think the, you know, the matchup we saw last year was obviously crazy, and I'm hoping for it again this year. Um, but, yeah, I, I think a healthy Josh Allen with that offense and that firepower that they have, I think – you know, you can you can match them up with the Dolphins, but like Tony said, whoever's hosting that game, especially a cold game in Buffalo, um, I think that they're probably the the biggest threat to the Chiefs in the AFC. All right, guys. Um, I like that. that was fun. Yeah, that was fun. So let's move on. A couple storylines I want to talk about personally. Um, first things first, Odell Beckham Jr., free agent, uh, obviously had a good year last year with the Rams after he got signed and traded from Cleveland. Uh, was helping them through the playoffs and was looking like he might potentially win Super Bowl MVP had he stayed healthy. Uh, tore his ACL in the Super Bowl and he has yet to sign with the team. The Rams did offer him. Uh, he didn't like it. He didn't think it was enough money. So he has stayed on the free agent market. His market has heated up uh, the past so few weeks. So um, there are a few teams that are looking <clears throat> at him, the Bills, Chiefs, Giants, and Cowboys. Um, so my question to you guys, Cobell, I'll start with you, is where should OBJ sign? Him and Von Miller got this weird thing going on on social media. Von Miller is such a simp, and I think he ends up going to Buffalo just because they got like this weird relationship that I can see through the lines, and I think he's going to go win a Super Bowl with the Buffalo Bills this year. Okay, Tom, what do you got? Um, I Bro, the thing that like would make me the probably the most happy or like cool to see would be a reunion in New York. Why not? I mean, yeah. I get like the Bills might be like the better team, but like when he, if he goes to New York, bro, he's going to get so much love if he goes back, I feel like. So it's true. I just find it crazy that he's even like just because the Rams offer wasn't good, like nobody else wanted to sign him. I don't understand. I don't get it. <laughs> it doesn't make it. Derek, sense. what do you got? I would not hate to see him go to the Chiefs, but I've seen a lot of stuff about Cowboys players on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can yeah. see him going there. I think that'd be a decent fit for him. I think he would definitely boost that offense. So, I don't know. I can see him going there. Yeah, the the people were saying that the game this past week between the Giants and Cowboys was like the OBJ sweepstakes. Whoever won was going to get <laughs> yeah. OBJ. Um, to all of your points, number one, Cobell going to Buffalo. The first thing that came to my mind is is Stephon Diggs is such a dynamic player, and he's such a, a a staple in the locker room in terms of being a leader. Odell is a big personality as well, and he's not used to being second fiddle. And I'm not sure if he goes to Buffalo, he won't be third fiddle to Gabe Davis as well. So I don't know if the personalities will mesh there. I don't know if OBJ can swallow the ego and try and help this team win a Super Bowl, because if he can do that and go there and just play his role in that offense, yeah, yeah, they could be pretty scary. Um, Tony, to your point, for him coming to the Giants, I mean, as much as I want him, I don't think this Giants team is going to look nearly the same next year. So as much as I would like him for this, yeah. for this year, uh, I don't think Jones is coming back. I don't know if Barkley's coming back next year. So for us to sign Beckham at this point, yeah. I don't know if it makes any sense as much as I would well, like him to. <laughs> um, and if the Cowboys got Beckham, I think that is where he should go. I'm with Derek. I think they are team who they have C.D. Lamb, who they're expecting to be this number one receiver, hasn't really panned out to be like that number one dude that you expect. Um, Or if you look across the league, the other number one Mm -hmm. dudes, he's not really up to par with them yet. But as a whole, they have Tony Pollard, who receives the ball out of the backfield. They have Michael Gallup. Okay, they have Dalton Schultz. They have a solid receiving core, receiving group of players. If you add OBJ, that makes that offense that much better. Their defense is already tops in the league at everything. 
So I think the Cowboys are the ones that should uh, pull out all the stops and get OBJ for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, next thing, and I, I touched on it briefly when I was talking about the Chargers because they were my best bet, but Chargers minus two this week. Um, the Chargers always find themselves in a situation where they have to either kick a field goal to win or they have to score a touchdown and then go for two to either win. Um, and I do like the aggressiveness that Staley shows, but no pun intended here, but it, it has kind of gotten stale for me at this point. Like he's done it over and over again. And as many times as we've seen him succeed with this, and maybe I'm talking about this from a gambling perspective, because I know he's burned a lot of people on charger spreads because of this shit. Um, I just don't understand how his team with that much talent is always in these situations against seemingly subpar opponents. So as much as I like the Chargers coming into this year and, and up until this point, I might be out on their program. I'm not going to lie. They might be <laughs> one of the biggest frauds in the entire league. What do you have on that, Derek? Uh, no, I kind of agree with you. Uh, I don't know. Just in the years past, they've always been a challenge for the Chiefs. So, like, I just always assume that they're going to be good. And they just have not looked as they should this year. So, I'm kind of out on them. Just yeah. Kind of mid-program. They've. They've kind of dealt with some injuries though too. They lost Keenan yeah. Allen from the jump. Mike Williams was hurt. They've got That's I true. mean, and those are their two best, like, you know, obviously skilled players, along with Eckler, who's, you know, been there all year and got off to somewhat of a slow start. But I mean, he's been nice recently. But yeah, I mean, I think just they form. never really got that like groove with the team. You know what I mean? They never got that flow or into a rhythm or mm-hmm. on a win streak or anything like that. So I think that could also be playing a part in this kind of dismal season for them i think stanley yeah. has mob ties the way he just keeps running his throat <laughs> some way he's got mob ties he's in a bad way with bad people <laughs> kobe what do you got i think not we're not talking enough about how uh justin herbert is a philip rivers regen i mean every game it seems like you're tuning into red zone if they're if they're on the one o'clock games or your channel switches over to fox and they're down by a score they need like 75 plus yards with under two minutes to go one timeout that brandon Saley will probably fuck up and they always either win the game by one score you know one point or something like that or they blow it and you just see it almost week in and week out because all of their scores are relatively close And it's always down to that Mm -hmm. last drive. So I hate Staley. He is one of the worst coaches to watch, one of the worst coaches to bet on. And um, sorry for your loss again this week, bro. But, yeah, it's just he sucks. (laughs) Yeah, we're out on the Chargers. See you later. Good call. (laughs) Okay, next segment. For our viewers at home, I'm sure you guys can relate to this. Uh, A lot of you guys play fantasy football. And, I mean, look. It's not for the faint of heart, okay? If you're mentally weak, if you're soft, fantasy football is, <laughs> fantasy football is not for you, okay? Um, this season has been brutal due to many reasons, and we're going to discuss our biggest bus and biggest sleeper picks that have panned out this year. So without further ado, Cobell, would you mind? So, yeah, I went with JT and DeAndre Swift back-to-back in my drafts. Um, I'm going to focus here on DeAndre Swift, even though I don't like the JT pick either. But DeAndre Swift is now the number two running back on his depth chart, who I drafted with, again, in the second round, which is just crazy to think about. Um, Not that Jamal Williams isn't balling, because obviously he's leading the league in touchdowns, but a guy who's averaging 5.8 yards. I know he got injured, you know, in the middle of the season, and he's kind of been – slowly getting back but it's way too slow for a second round pick who you were expecting (laughs) to be not a top five running back but at least a top 10 maybe you know 12 12 yeah Uh, so yeah it's very disappointing that i wasted a pick i don't know who was really around him but i'm sure i could have gotten somebody else who would have put up better numbers than that should Um, and it sucks because he was actually doing really well the first couple weeks before he got hurt he was looking like he was going to be that dude yeah, and it's it's always an injury that, you know, it's forever lingering. I mean, these guys get beat up week in and week out, so you, you never really know if they're fully healed when they come back, and clearly mm-hmm. he's not because he's getting his uh, percentage usage percentage has been fluctuating really the last couple of weeks, but it's just not enough to be your number two fantasy pick for sure if you're trying to win a league. Mm-hmm. And then my sleeper, who just woke up three weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, is Christian Watson sleeper. of the Green Bay Packers. This guy oh, yeah. is, big sleeper. 
He's one of probably the, on the top five of every ESPN analyst, even though if you don't read that shit, um, on their analyst for the sleeper to help you win the rest of your fantasy league. I mean, his last three games alone, 107, three tugs, 48, two tugs, and 110 in a tug. Um, I know uh, Aaron Rodgers got hurt last night, and you saw the immediate connection with uh, – or Sunday night, sorry. You saw the immediate connection with – uh, Jordan Love, and I think that the Green Bay owners and the Green Bay coaches have to be like, holy shit, we might have, you know, a, Q- a QB1 and a WR1 going forward. Yeah, uh, one one note I want to say about Watson. For those of you who stuck with him and didn't drop him, I mean, kudos I to you for the diamond hands. Whatever, man. Kudos to you guys. Uh, one little surprising stat. Over the last three games, Kobe mentioned it. He's had a TD surge. With that surge, he has more receiving touchdowns than Justin Jefferson, CD lamb, Tyreek Hill, T Higgins, Mike Evans, and DK Metcalf. So that's pretty Scare. wild. Yeah, it's Scare. pretty wild yeah. not to be overlooked. Um, tone, please give us your sleeper and your bust, please. All right. First of all, fuck fantasy football. There you go. First and foremost, we're just going to put that out there right now. This is your favorite segment. Every single this, week shooting that. I'm, I'm hot. My body temperature is on the rise. All right. First of all, first bust. I had a problem with this guy. And I love him because he was he played at FSU. But Cam Akers can fucking kick rocks, dude. Are you <laughs> kidding me? You fucking I drafted him in the fourth round, I think. That makes that that yeah, sounds he right. He went like third yeah. or fourth round. Yeah. Right around in that area. And I was like, fire, bro. I got a good RB2. Like he was the only one kind of left in that spot before there's like a huge drop off. And I was like, fuck yeah, I just came up. That's a great pick. Bro, the man didn't touch the field in week one then he took like six weeks away from the team and now apparently he's the number one back again so just you know that guy can fuck off that was ridiculous (laughs) and then this might be the other guy i have a problem with only person i drafted in both leagues i play in okay i tried to stay away from having the same guy because then you end up blah 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 blah. all right hunter renfro where are you yeah where are you where are you at bro unbelievable i don't get it so those are my two even he's not even he's like not even a part of that offense after being so key last year it's unbelievable so un like it's so hard to gauge on like if they're gonna show up that day or not one day josh jacobs and they're scoring 45 (laughs) points and Devontae adams doesn't even have a touchdown and then the next day, you know, Devontae Adams has six yards receiving and they score no points. So that's why they're, they're on black my blacklist. Listed. That's yeah, why they're on saying. my blacklist, dude. That's well, exactly I took them why. Off. They've been on a roll. They're kind of hard. To <laughs> um, uh, and then the one guy who those are my two busts. So those are the two guys I wanted to come at. And I hope that they at one point in their lifetime get to see this because. Fuck. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> and then this is somebody who's been kind of popping off. He's been a nice play, even with quarterback struggles on his team. Um, Chris, I, I it's Olave, right? Olave. So I say, Chris Olave. I say I say Olive. So Chris Olive, <laughs> he's been fire. He's been a solid like flex play for you pretty much all year long. If you went like receiver heavy on your team, and he's like your third guy, he's been a solid you know flex play for you. If not, he's been a great wide receiver too. Uh-huh, depending that's on how me. you kind of constructed your team. So, um, I mean, dude, if that guy had like a legit quarterback, he could be a top. He'd be top ten. Easily. Where's your name? Yeah, he'd be top say? ten, dude. I mean, Chris Olave. I'm <clears throat> I'm biased because I I drafted him in almost every league. And shout out Trev. He dropped him like a bonehead, even though my team <laughs> is trash and his team is nice. He <laughs> dropped Olave for like I don't even know who, but it was <laughs> terrible. Might have been like Logan Thomas or some shit like that. Chris Olave's top 15 right now. He's wide receiver 15 in fantasy, as you mentioned, Tone, with trash quarterback play and with an offense who can go out there, as we saw, and put up zero points. So (laughs) he's shown to be quarterback agnostic at the position. He gets his pretty much whoever they play, wherever they play him, which is someone I need on my team. He's been locked Mm -hmm. in at the wide receiver two position probably since week three which yeah. maybe is not saying much because all my teams are trash, but he is a lot. He's one of the biggest lineup locks that I have and he's a set yeah. it, forget it. And I love that guy for him. So I don't have Deej, any of those. what do you have? 
so he's not really a bust, but it was just bad for me because I drafted him in the fourth round for no reason, and that is Austin <laughs> Knox, tight end of the Buffalo Bills. Fourth round. Took him in the fourth Wow. He was like the you were high on him. Tight end off. I have no idea why I did it, but I did it, and I drafted him in three different leagues. Sure. Anyways, he's Bones, and he is on the bench in three of my leagues. Yeah. <laughs> for me, I had big high hopes because <clears throat> I think he had a good year two years ago, right? Last yeah. year, was pretty last year too. Yeah, he was yeah. solid last year. Yeah, I was a little high on for him. tight ends. Yeah. Him, so I picked him up in the fourth round. Thought it was a good. <clears throat> Obviously not. Uh, anyways, but then Tony Pollard. I have loved this guy two, three years now, or has it been mm-hmm. two? But he's yeah, been, I've been about two, three years. Right, sure. I got him in two or three of my leagues. Uh, he's better than Zeke. Uh, consistently yep. just pops off for you. I think he's had like three. Two games in the 30s, one game in the 20s. He's usually averaged double digits. So I love Tony Pollard. That's my sleeper, I guess. Yeah, Tony Pollard is nice too because, like you said, they have Zeke. So he splits carries with him and he gets limited touches. He's not even a three down back and he's able to produce the way he does. Tony Pollard is definitely a, a sleeper pick that if you had him, your team is better off because of it because you got some serious draft value out of that pick this year, especially. So let me finish us off here with my sleeper and my bust. First, uh, I'll do the sleeper, okay? And this player popped off, won people a lot of matchups this weekend, Josh Jacobs, okay? Josh Jacobs was a running back that was probably, I think he was taken either late second round, third round, maybe fourth round in your draft. Um, And when you took him, you definitely took him as your RB2. And you, you thought, all right, Josh Jacobs, I can get 15, maybe 20 on a good week, right? He's proven to be, I would say, the Jonathan Taylor of last year, where you drafted someone and you thought he might be okay, but he has turned out to be the best running back in fantasy. Um, And to that point, that's kind of why when you take your first round pick on a running back, it's very sketchy to me. It seems like that position doesn't have, uh, you know, solid guys at the top five. It's always fluctuating the past year, two or three. Um, So that position scares the shit out of me. And it is also one of the thinnest positions in terms of once you get past that first tier, you drop mm-hmm. off pretty heavy and there is the not really anyone you want on your roster. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's why I'm so wide receiver heavy on all of my teams. Usually it works out. It has not worked out this year. So I love Josh Jacobs. Um, what a great pick he has turned out to be. And I know I, I picked a bunch. I picked Cam Akers over him. Okay. I took a lot of guys over Josh Jacobs in my drafts and uh, he's making me pay for it. But my bust, this is uh, this is terrible, okay? And I love this guy. And I think he's going to be better next year. So I, I might take him again if I get the opportunity because he's probably going to slip into the second round. But it's Alvin Kamara. Um, if you drafted him, I mean, you are beyond frustrated. He's had one game where he's rushed over 100 yards on the ground. He's had one game over 30 points, which obviously that's steep to ask. But from your first rounder, it shouldn't be. Um, and he's only had after that, after that one game, that 140 point outburst in week eight, he's only had one other uh, week where he's gone over 18 fantasy points. He has, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six games on the year where he has rushed for under 50 yards. Okay. He has three games where he has single digit rush attempts. All right. So I can go on all day about this guy. I know the offense <clears throat> is terrible. I know the quarterback play is terrible. But for him to not be still that RB1 that we expect based just off volume alone, it it blows my mind. What a swing and a miss he was. Um, and let me give you some honorable mentions because I got Ooh, a whole slew of them on my roster. Yeah. Darnell Mooney, honorable mention for a bust. Okay. Uh, Damian Pierce in the beginning <sighs> was great. He has been a terrible bust as of late. Sorry, Tone. Last two uh, weeks. Trey Lance. You're a big bust. I know you've been hurt, and I'm sorry to to hurt your feelings while you're sitting at home, but that was a big bust. I took him. Keenan Allen, another bust. I mean, I don't even know. Travis Etienne, I think we had two and a half good weeks of Travis Etienne. He was a total bust as well. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm just so over fantasy, and all of those players that I just named to you, I drafted them. All of them (laughs) on one single roster, so you can imagine how my team and how my season has gone. (laughs) All right, guys, let's wrap it up here. Last segment. Uh, Let's preview week 13. 
for the ladies and gents at home. Let's find them some winners, shall we? Uh, The board not looking too inviting. Again, there are some intriguing matchups. So let's get right into it. First thing I'm going to say, Thursday night football, we're not going to talk about the game. All I'm going to say is Bills minus four against the New England Patriots. I don't know if it's because the Patriots have a great defense. I don't know if it's because it's a divisional game. I don't. Yeah, they do. And I don't know if it's because the Bills are on the road, but four points is not enough. Uh, the Bills should be favored by at least six, so betters beware of that game. Bro, they let Kirk Cousins slice them up for three TDs for the first time all season in prime that's time. What I'm saying. They, that that's defense an is good, though. If you take that come game on. out, look at their defense, and then come uh, tell me. I'm telling there. you they're good. Come on, bro. So first game, Broncos and Ravens. Broncos, obviously, dog program, okay? Oh, they're poo-poo. they're being given nine points on the book to the Ravens. Uh, Ravens are a playoff team. Okay, contending for their AFC North division, but they don't look like a team that's going to make a deep run in the playoffs because they have issues on offense in the fourth quarter. They have issues on defense in the fourth quarter. So Ravens minus nine over under 38 points. Um, I got to tell you, as much as I don't like the Broncos, I feel like nine points is too many points. So give me Russ and the trash Broncos plus nine. Mm. Tone, what do you got? I regret that, but I I am on the same page. 100% cover and I like the under. Oh, is your name Tone? Yeah. Is your name uh, Tone? Excuse me. Oh, did he say Tone? My bad. Oh. Yeah. No, that's all right. I, I <laughs> There's DJ's picks. <laughs> tone, go ahead. <laughs> um, you know what? Just give me Lamar. He's going to pop eventually, right? Like, he's going to be Lamar eventually, right? So, uh, give me – this is the time. They suck. I'm not taking – why would – I can't. Even with eight points, bro, I can't. They're like they're so bad. I, I believe more yeah, that the Ravens could figure it out. Russ. I <laughs> yeah, Bronco, let's move. ride. I'm gonna <laughs> ride the I'm gonna give me the eight. I'm gonna fucking eat that eight points. And then uh, you know, the Ravens are more likely to figure things out than the Broncos are, in my opinion. I agree with that point. I agree yeah. with that point. Cobell, do you have something for us? This game fucking stinks. Get me far, <laughs> far away. I was looking at the team total for the Broncos, but it's 14 and a half. I'm like, they could still score seven. <laughs> I'm good. You can keep me away from this one, brother. Bro, take it. Take the over. All right. Oh, God. Next game. <laughs> All right. Next game. Moving on. Uh, Tone and I sniffed this one out before the pod. It's the Jets mm-hmm. and the Vikings. Look, simply put, it's a trap. Three mm-hmm. points with the Weird. Jets. Uh, Vikings at home. Okay. Coming off a good win. Uh, I don't know what to pick. Tone, you have something for us? I mean, if I had to go one way or the other, I mean, like, it just looks so sketchy. So you'd be like, you know, let me take the Jets because the Vikings should be probably like seven-point favorites. I mean, Mm -hmm. if, you know, record and at home, I don't know. I mean, they just scored a lot of points on Thanksgiving. So they Mm – and they have extra rest leading into this game. So – I mean, I don't know if that time off is is accounting for some points. I don't, I don't know. It's a trap, but I would take the Vikings if I needed to. If it was, you know, pick or I, somebody's going to shoot me in the face, give me the Vikings minus three. I like the over. Derek, what do you got? I really like that over forty five and a half. Mm-hmm. I don't know because Kirk. And do we do we believe that Mike White is him? Like he's just gonna he's just gonna ride into Minnesota and like just pop yeah. off again? I don't get it. I think that's Howard. That's how they're. That's how it seems like they're thinking about the game anyway. That's why you. I'm with Deej. Give me the over. Uh, when we look at over unders, I'm always looking at the losing team. Can they put up points? I think the Jets lose this game. I think they put up a solid 15, 20 points. Give me the over. I'm with Derek. I love that play actually. At least 24. I'm saying. At yeah. Least 24. <laughs> okay. Next game on the docket, my New York football giants at home with a sketchy plus two and a half line against the Washington Commanders. Uh, I get it's a division game again, but the Giants are at home and the Giants are a good football program. Okay, they're better than the commies. So I have no idea why we're we're dogs in this game. Um, As much as I want to take the Giants, no questions asked. Looking at this from an unbiased perspective, this is a no touch game. We can't touch this game because looking at the lines, I mean, they think they think the commies are going to win. This is crazy. I don't even like the over-under. Yeah, it's all sketchy. The whole game. Division games are weird. Yeah, yeah. you got to be careful with that. But the line the line makes you want to take the Giants with the points at home, maybe buy it up to three. I almost think the commies 
Tommy's money line is like the only one you can touch of that, in my opinion. I agree. I I agree. As a betting, as as someone who's betting, like I think that's the only play you can look at is the commander's money line. Um, But as a Giants fan, there's no fucking way I'm taking commander's money line. So. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. As 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 a podcast in general, we can't fade the Giants. Right. (laughs) Uh, Next game: Bengals and Chiefs. Bengals at home, two and a half point underdogs against the Chiefs. Uh, I I believe this is an accurate line. I think this is one that Vegas got right. Over under also accurate at fifty two and a half points. Money line another accurate line. Chiefs minus one thirty five and Bengals plus one fifteen. I think they nailed it on all of these. I think they're going to get 50-50 or close to 50-50 spreads or splits on all of these lines. So Vegas did their job. Um, I like the Chiefs to cover. Okay, Bengals coming off a win. Chiefs are just a juggernaut that just will not stop. So give me the Chiefs at this point in time for week 13. Um, But I think this could be the game of the week. I'm just hoping for an entertaining one as well. Kobel, what do you got? Oh, no, Derek, bro, again. Aye, aye, aye. I don't know my this is, an, <laughs> this is another weird line. I originally circled the Bengals money line. I don't know if it was just out of spite for losing last week to them. Um, <laughs> but I the, the re, rematch versus the Chiefs, I agree about the high scoring game. I think I might just lay off the money line, maybe tease them to like 10 or nine and a half with the over. Um, but yeah, I, I expect this one to be upper 20s, lower 30 types of game for both teams. Yeah, that's good. Um, hopefully it's entertaining, a playoff atmosphere, obviously a rematch of the AFC championship game last season. So I'm looking forward to this one. I'm definitely going to be tuning in. Uh, Tone, what do you have on Chiefs and Bengals for us? Give me the over. Next question. So we're all set on the over. Yeah, which so means everybody the slam the under. So it's definitely the under then. <laughs> slam it. 52 and a half. Get it while you can. Oh, God. Okay, so you got the pod fade right there. Take the Bengals under 52 and a half. All right. Uh, next game on the docket, Sunday night, Colts and Cowboys. Um, plus 11 is the spread. Uh, Cowboys are obviously favored at home. Um, Derek. What's the play here? I think it's pretty obvious at this point. Colts are going to put up three points, take the under 43 and a half. Okay, the Cowboys are going to put up 41. <laughs> there you go. There's 43. Oh, gosh. So Following think- the trend, the trend of double-digit spreads lead to under, still hitting at an above 55% clip after week 12. Uh, so we're still riding that. That's the game right there. So we'll see how it does. It's the only double-digit spread on the docket, so it has something to prove this week to see if it's for real or not. Mm-hmm. Um, one last game we're going to touch on, only because it has a big storyline around it, okay? Uh, Deshaun Watson is coming back after He's allegedly back. broke up Um, And I saw something where, like, half of the women that accused him are going to show up to the game. Yeah. Like, I don't know, if, like, if they're going to, like, yeah. Yeah, I think they said something like they want people to understand that, you know, the issue is not over and things like that. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about Deshaun Watson. Okay, we're not getting into that sticky subject. Deshaun Watson is playing football for the Browns. Ironically enough, who's he playing? The Houston Texans, the team that that let him go. I mean, you can't script it any better. You tell Mm -hmm. me the NFL is rigged. Here you go. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, dude. Right before the Texans game? Come on. They suspended that guy for a specific 11 games for one reason. (laughs) So Browns come in as seven and a half point favorites. They're sitting, I believe, right now four and seven. So they're, they're kind of in the playoff hunt, but the AFC is so thick. They're really on the outside looking in. They're definitely going to have to rattle off five wins out of these last six or seven in order to have a chance at making the playoffs. Watson gives them that ability, though. I mean, he is a dynamic dual threat quarterback. Um, The only issue I have is he hasn't played a game with this team, with this coaching staff, with these wide receivers. Yeah, they practice in the offseason. They practice, you know, during training camp and things like that. But we know that game speed and game time is different. Um, Even though I I like Deshaun Watson to boost this program a lot. Uh, the fact that he hasn't played football in nearly two years kind of gets me to pump the brakes a little bit. All of these other guys around him are in full swing, including the Texans, who are just a dog shit program. They're not going to let Watson walk in there and just do whatever he wants, right? They're itching for a win. They understand the outside circumstances that are going on in this game. And uh, they want to prove to the scared. general managers in Houston that, you know, maybe they have the talent there to compete and losing Watson wasn't the worst thing ever, you know? 
So what do you guys have on that game? What do you guys make of Deshaun Watson coming back finally? Texans minus two and a half. Okay. That's an Texans ulti spread there. two and a half. That's an ulti spread. That's juicy, though. Wow. That would be a juicy wow. one. Yep. Yep. I'm, I'm following suit. I think plus seven and a half might be my best bet of the week. And you definitely got a, a little sprinkle on the money line. And almost take all of his unders. I mean, these Texans players are going to be so riled up. This is a big game for them. Probably yeah. their only their last meet, even if they had a meaningful game in the last five or six weeks, this is their last one of the season. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, that I they go out. I think that they try to fucking slam this guy into the ground when they, you know, sack him. But yeah, I, I almost want to take all of his unders as well. So um, I'm full fate of the Deshaun Watson trade, and I hope that they absolutely get demolished this week. Yeah. Look. Deshaun Watson's back to football. He's a top-tier quarterback. Let's not forget that this guy is fucking good. He's mm-hmm. back to prove a point. Yes, the Texans are going to be riled up, blah, 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 blah. Look, the Texans are dog shit. The Texans are. are fucking ass, bro. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're so, so bad. fucking bad, okay? Horrific. I don't care. He, they may not cover the seven. That seven and a half is a lot. It's going to be a competitive football game. I still think that Deshaun Watson can take this much more talented team into his old stomping grounds and, and leave with a victory. So, I mean, yeah, he's, he's back to football and his first game in forever, but this team, you couldn't ask for a better comeback game. Like I, you know, at least he's not playing the fucking 49ers or something like that. Like, you know, at least it's the fucking Texans. They're trash. So I wouldn't be surprised to see. Yeah. One last, uh, one last point. Oh, sorry, Tone. Go ahead. No, Go ahead. I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised to see him fucking stun on those hoes. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> One last point, That's Derek. Uh, I did th- I did some brief homework for you. You can't sure. even take Texans minus two and a half because on my that. book, they only go from plus one, which is plus 230, all the way up to plus 13, which is minus 230. So That's I don't know where you're going to find that plot. Make a call. Take a minus two and a half. Someone will take that action. <laughs> yeah, oh, sure. God. <laughs> All right, guys, listen, I appreciate your time. We're done here. Okay. Um, mm. We're going to sit Wait. back and relax and enjoy this uh, NFL week 13. Um, if you're watching this at home, please like the video on YouTube, share it, subscribe on YouTube, follow us on TikTok, follow us on Instagram. Okay. We got all the goods there and we'll be back next week. So with that, we're signing off from the sack. Thank you very much. <laughs>